Hey guys, I'm Eric McLean. And I'm Kelly Gramlich. It's time to talk some ACC football. Let's go. Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome into the Gramlich and McLean podcast presented by Ingalls, the official supermarket of Gramlich and McLean. Welcome to game week, baby. Let's go, Eric McLean. KG, we're here. We are finally freaking here, and it feels so good. My gosh, I'm jacked up. I'm excited. Um, you know, it's funny. When we were a couple of weeks away, I was looking at the schedule and seeing moving stuff around. I was like, ah, it feels so far. Uh, and then you kind of put stuff together. You're like, actually, it's not. And we're here. We made it. And, uh, man, what a great week of ACC football. Thursday night games, Friday night games, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, five straight days. The only conference that does that. Uh, and, and, of course, we are capping off our ACC preview shows right here, right now, uh, with the Clemson Tigers and our guy, Coach Dabo Sweeney. So it's a great time, KG. It's a great time. Great day to be alive, Eric McLean, as we get ready for college football. And we're super excited to talk Clemson. Save Clemson for last as, as they are our pick to win the ACC. We're getting ready for a bunch of games this week. Let's talk about Ingles here for a second, Eric McLean, because I posted something uh, last week about, and I'm going to sing it for you, girl dinner. If you haven't seen the girl dinner trend, which some people might not be familiar, you need to go look it up. It's a hilarious spoof on the fact that women eat ridiculous things for dinner. If it's just me eating dinner, I'll have some guacamole some strawberries, some peanuts, and a, and a cube of cheese. Like, it's just ridiculous, right? And that's what we do. So if you're looking for your girl dinner, you can go get that at Ingles. Yes, exactly. Um, and <laughs> yeah, Mac, Mac, are you eating girl dinner? Oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. I'm a girl dinner. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> Not girl dad, girl dinner. We're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> well, point is, they have everything you could eat for girl dinner. But they also have everything you need for this weekend. As you said, football on the telly every single night. You're going to want to be grilling. You're going to want to make buffalo chicken dip. You're going to want to make wings. You're going to want to make everything, man. Everything. We got to get it going, KG. This week, and, and you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a double-edged sword, right? Because we're traveling every week. I'm going to be gone for all of these games. So I am kind of sad. I'm not sitting out on my back porch grilling like a madman watching these great games. But I'm going to be working. Some of us got to work around here. So uh, I'll be dreaming uh, of that. And I actually, we've got a big time friend of the show, uh, my boy Anthony at Wake Forest. He's going to be rolling some ribs Thursday. I'm going to have to make sure he gets those from Eagles. Uh, but you, you guys will see that on social media. Uh, we might have it on the show. Who knows? Um, but yeah, excited, KG. This season, tailgating, pregaming, whatever you got to do. Go to your Ingles, get it there. You got the curbside pickup. They can't make it any easier for you guys. Uh, so real quick, before we get to Coach Dabo Sweeney in this great interview, let's hear a message from our friends over at Ingles. It's time to discover the convenience and time savings of contact-free pickup with Ingles Curbside. Just visit shop.ingles-markets.com or download the app. And your Ingles personal shopper gets to work with specialized training on how to select the freshest items for a pre-scheduled pickup. They'll even text you with updates. You pull up to a designated space and your personal shopper delivers your items right to your vehicle. Fresh, fast, and affordable. It's all in the bag. Ingles. Low prices. Love the savings.
Coach Sweeney, man, welcome back to the podcast, your yearly appearance. We really appreciate you making some time for us today. And uh, it, it, it's the media tour. You guys had your in-house deal. Uh, so, so we're kind of the last stop, right? That's how it works? Well, you're my first stop. Uh, oh, yes. You're, you're my first stop. So I kind of kick it off with you guys. Y'all are numero uno. Um, I love that. And uh, only because of Kelly. Uh, Appreciate so, that, Coach. That's fair. That's yeah, fair. yeah. So y'all are first, and then I go from here. Uh, I've got a couple meetings, and then we've got, I guess I'm. we've got it going on, but it's, the coaches are meeting right now, and I think I go sure. at like 1230. I love that. I love that. Well, hey, you also just had your ladies' clinic, which, man, one of my favorite events every year, especially when I was a player, being involved with that and, and helping it out. And you guys are just – you're able to help so many women – uh, with that event and, and raise awareness, raise a lot of money. I saw a number of 250000 I think it might be more than that when it's all said and done. Yep, yep. Uh, so I, I know that was great to get that rolling. Yeah, it was an awesome day. It was like 1,500-plus uh, ladies here. And, wow. And it's just, it's just it's always a ton of energy. You know, we start, we open the doors at 7 a.m., but they're there at 6, <laughs> 5.45. And, uh, but it's it's a full day. Uh, but it's a powerful day. I mean, it is a powerful day, you know, just but a lot of fun, uh, a lot of emotion and, and just a lot of courageous ladies that come and, and, and really, uh, you know, draw strength from one another through their stories. Uh, the manager of the Braves, uh, his wife came. She's a 30 year cancer uh, survivor, breast cancer survivor. She came and, and uh, did a great job for us. Uh, so it was a great day and a uh, ton of fun. Uh, you know, Brian Brzee's mom mm-hmm. and sister were here, uh, Megan and Kendall, and uh, Ella was here this time last year, you know, a part of the ladies' clinic, and so it was a great way to honor her. Jeremiah Trotter's mom, uh, Miss Tammy, passed away from breast cat- cancer, you know, just recently back uh, uh, this spring, and, and so we were able to honor her. Um, and uh, so, you know, a lot – a lot of a lot of great moments and uh, learned a little football as well and, and had a ton of fun. Yeah, definitely bigger than football, Coach. I know that. Well, before we dive into some football, I, I got to ask a fun question here. You had a crazy offseason. You you had a wedding, a family wedding, which had to be fun. Yeah, yeah, so tell us yeah. more about the wedding and tell us about something fun you did in the offseason. Yeah, well, so Drew got married and that was uh, amazing. You know, first experience for me to see my, my child who I've known for 23 years, uh, you know, it's like, because it doesn't matter. Y'all will learn this. And congrats, didn't you just have a baby yes, boy? Yes, yes. He's out there with the, my neighbor right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, guess what? In two weeks, he's getting married. I mean, My it's, husband it's like, says it's, that to me, Coach, and I say, no, he's not. Mm-mm. No woman's yeah, taking him from me. It's a blur. People tell you, like, enjoy your kids. They grow up so fast. And you're like, I'm just trying to right. make it to next week. Right. You know? That's right. Like, you know, that's, that's right. I mean, that, you're that stage of life. But it's so true, man. I mean, your kids grow up so fast. But what happens is, I mean, it doesn't matter when when they get hair under their arms and all that, and he's 20 and he's, you know, you still look at them as your little mm-hmm. baby. That's just kind of how it always is and always will be. And it gives you a different perspective of your parents as well. Uh, but, man, it was, uh, it was a surreal moment, a great moment. And, uh, man, I got my first, you know, daughter in my family and, and, and Mary Crosby is just, she's just an angel, sweet, sweetest little girl. So it's been great. We had that. And then uh, probably the coolest thing I did was uh, we went to South Africa oh, yeah. uh, wow. in, uh, in May. 
for about eight days or so, and, and that was an amazing experience. <clears throat> we went with about 30 Clemson people. Wow. Uh, wow. Uh, Come on. And, and it was actually a trip that was planned back in um, in 20, May of 20. Oh, wow. And it just kept getting, you know, pushed, and it fi- so finally it happened. And, uh, you know, it was amazing to be out in the bush, as they say, and <laughs> boom, you know. There's a lion, Ooh. you know, <laughs> eating his prey, looking at you. Like, oh, my God. Like, I mean, it was wild. So we would, you do these game drives at like 530 in the morning and 330. Yeah. And, you know, it was it was like two a days, uh, <laughs> you know, OTV, you know, you just you just out in the middle. I mean, it was it was amazing to be in that environment. We got to see Cape Town, which was a beautiful place. Um, and uh, so we, we did Cape Town, Durban. And then we were in the bush, um, but wow. it was. Uh, do, you, do you go dive, cage diving with some great whites? No, you do that? I didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> Smart, good, good choice. Didn't do that. Matt, coach is like uh, a pro athlete. That's in his contract. He can't do that. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, right. yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. I'm sure that was a, a lot of fun, and, and uh, man, I, I know you're just gearing up and ready. All in meetings coming up, and, and I know that's kind of where you set the tone. Tomorrow, we're here. We're yeah. ready, baby. Yeah. Uh, so let's dive into this team, coach, because arguably. You made one of the biggest hires, if not the biggest hire, of this off off season. It made a huge splash going to get Garrett Riley from TCU. Uh, was the Broyles Award winner, which was just a, a brilliant mind, uh, and that was on full display each and every weekend. W- why did you think it was necessary to make that change right now, this off season? Yeah, I, well, honestly, uh, you know, Garrett. I mean, I had an opportunity to hire Garrett, and uh, I felt like that. You know, it's it, it was just the right change. I mean, you know, sometimes you have uh, freshmen come in that beat out seniors, right? You know, uh, and you know that that can happen from time to time. And and uh, honestly, if it if it wasn't for Garrett, uh, would not have made a change. Um, you know, Streeter did a great job. Streeter did a you know wonderful job uh, for us. He's a Clemson man through and through. One of the best people I know, and uh, did did a great job for eight years here recruiting quarterbacks, coaching quarterbacks. I mean, that's well documented. And, uh, and you know, he, he, we got better last year. I mean, he, you know, it was his first year as the coordinator, and we, we won the league, we won 11 games. Uh, and uh, and, and we, we 21 was, will always be my – that's always going to be like one of my top three favorite teams ever because we, we – it was, that was one of the craziest years ever, and we had no business winning 10 games, but somehow they did. That was a cult. That was a culture year, um, and you know, last year, you know, we went from like 90th in scoring up to 30th. It was our best third down in ever since I've been the head coach. Our best red zone ever, and so we got better. <clears throat> but honestly, um, you know, I just felt like uh, there was just a little bit of lack of confidence in our guys, and um, and I and I it was an opportunity to hire Garrett, and I thought that. He was the shot of confidence that we need. And, and, and you know, listen, you know, ball is ball. Uh, at the end of the day, I always say, you know, what we do doesn't necessarily <clears throat> have to be the best, but but the players have to believe it's the best, mm. you know. And that, and I just I just felt like that we had a little bit of lack of confidence and uh, for whatever reason, and it was just the right time, you know, a little bit for a reset. So it's been great. You know, Garrison, uh, a great addition uh, as the other staff, you know, members that we've got uh, on board here. You know, we're well positioned to to go have another great year. And we've had 12 
really, really good years, and we've had some great years uh, over the past, you know, 12-plus years. And, and I think this team is positioned to, to go compete again, um, you know, for this league. And as I always say, if you can compete for the league, you can, you can do anything. And, and even last year, you know, we were really literally one point away from being back in the playoff. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, but, but I'm excited about where we are. I'm excited about our offense, excited about Cade. We lost one offensive lineman. All them dudes are back. We got our backs back. We got our receivers healthy. You know, Brandy's ready to, and, and Sage are ready to step up and do more things. And so it's, uh, there, there's a belief that I think has been reinstilled uh, in our guys, and uh, it's exciting. You know, uh, DJ did a great job for us. He was, in the day, he was 22 and 6 as a starter. And, uh, you know, he had two of those losses were double overtime on the road. One of them was a pick six against the Natty team. And one was a one-point loss. And, you know, it's, that's how small the margin for error. It, it, you know, three, three bounces differently. You know, he's probably 26 and two, and, and it's a different conversation today. But that's where we are. And, um, you know, so we're well-positioned moving forward and excited to see how we do. You mentioned Cade. You know we got to talk about uh, my fellow Texan here, Cade Klubnik. Looks like he's had a really good offseason getting in with Garrett Riley and, and learning this new system. So, what can we expect from QB1 this season? Well, he's had a good year. You know, I mean, you know, a little year, year plus. I mean, he's he, he very talented coming in, obviously very smart, uh, you know, really just just a gym rat. I mean, he's just – he's everything you want in a quarterback. But he really needed to physically develop, and he needed to get some experience. And, uh, you know, so we were able to accomplish all of those things on a good path for him last year. Um, you know, he had some success. He had a little bit of disappointment as well. But he's about I think he I think he was two oh three or two oh four the other day. You know, and he was 179 pounds when he got here. And <clears throat> very I've compared him to Deshaun very often physically, you know, just very similar uh paths uh from a from a uh maturation standpoint. Deshaun was the same thing about maybe 180 when he got here and you know, he was 200, and, you know, now he's about, you know, 215 or so. But, but uh, Cade's on that track. So physically he's, he's just in a different place. And then mentally he's in a different place because he has – there's no greater teacher than experience. And then leadership-wise, you know, he's a natural. I mean, he's just a natural. And, and uh, again, he's a grinder. Uh, kid works his butt off, and uh, he's excited for his opportunity. But, you know, the sky's the limit for this kid. Coach, you mentioned those wide receivers and, and just being healthy, and that, that's what I've seen on, on Twitter all morning. Like you said, guys doing their media thing and, and, and different quotes that I've seen coming out of the camp. Who do you see really stepping up to be that guy? I mean, you would have had such a rich history of these dominant wide receiver ones. Is there one guy that you've seen that you think is, is the alpha or that can step up to, to really be that leader? I think we got a bunch of them, just like in the past. I mean, you know uh, – when, when we had T. Higgins, everybody say, T. Higgins, well, what about Renfro? What about Jay Ross? What about Amari? You know, I mean, you know, what about, you know, Cornell on those teams? I mean, we've had a lot of good players, and that's when we've been at our best. Uh, when we've had, you know, a, we can roll three or four guys out there that can play for anybody, and that's what we have. You know, uh, the good thing is, is a lot of them are really unknown or a little unproven. So there's, you know, the, which is why you have a lot of conversation about our receivers. But you look at our recruiting, uh, 
You know, anybody in the country would have signed Adam Randall. I mean, he's a monster. Uh, but, you know, things happen. And, I mean, you know, it's just there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, he, he obviously uh, tore his ACL that first spring and missed all last summer. So he missed all the summer, most of all the camp. And then we kind of had to get him back going. But toward the end of the year, he started to kind of – and this is a true freshman, you know, and he started to kind of find his, find his way a little bit. Well, now he's he's really in a good place, and we just gotta we just gotta catch a break and stay healthy. If we stay healthy, we got dudes. That's all I can tell you. There's nobody out there that can withstand the type of inconsistency that we've had as far as availability. Um, you know, in our best teams, we we you know you got to have some luck along the way. I mean, that's just part of it. And uh, our best teams that we've had, you know, we we were able to to be a little lucky and our, and our best players were able to stay healthy. But looking at our receivers, I mean, it starts with Bo Collins. I mean, Bo Collins, and I've said this many times, this kid had a really good freshman year um, and was off to a great start last year, but he's battled injuries. He's had shoulder surgeries. He's had hamstring. He's had a lot of things that he's had to deal with, uh, but he's just a true junior and he's got, he's battle tested, but Bo Collins is a pro. I mean, he's a guy that's he is he could go to he could go to any pro team today and just fit right in. He is the consummate pro. He's technically advanced. He's fundamentally advanced. He's crafty. He's he's big. He he can run. I mean, he's just when he's healthy, he's a he's a problem. But he's everybody looks at him and wants to see this senior version. He's just a young guy that's had some inconsistency with his availability, but. Bo Collins is where it starts. And then uh, Antonio is coming off a freshman All-American year. Uh, he's a great player. He's a great talent. I mean, the kid is, is uh, I think, going to have a sophomore surge instead of a sophomore slump. I like that. Uh, as they like to say, I think the kid's going to have a great year. He's Same thing. If, if, if Antonio Williams is on the field, good things are going to happen. He's a great player. He's another guy that will play at the next level. Uh, and then you got Adam Randall and Cole Turner. Both of these guys are really special talents. They're just young players, you know, and everybody, you know, they're just young players. Uh, and Cole Turner, we were able to redshirt, and you saw him do a few. Yeah, you kind of snuck him <laughs> in in the last couple yeah. games there. <laughs> yeah, and so nobody really knows much about him, but Cole Turner is a dude. This guy is going to have a heck of a career here. If he stay, he, He's one of the fastest kids that's come through here. He's long. He's got great ball skills. He's a natural. He really doesn't even know he's good. Uh, but, but you know, he played two years of high school football. And wow. so he's – Hey, Don Munson said he's the second fastest dude on the team. Is yeah, that true? Probably him just, and Nate. It's probably him ooh, and Nate. Wow. I'd like, oh I'd my like to see him foot race, but, but it, you know, they both play. But he can fly, and he's a, almost a 38, 40-inch vertical. Uh, but he's just a good athlete. But he's, he's not some – you know, he's, he's not some polished T. Higgins – senior version. None of those guys were. But this kid is going to get better and better and better as he plays. And then Adam Randall, he's one of the most unique players that we've had here. And an unbelievable kid. He'll be a true sophomore. So those four, along with Brandon Spector, who who is a guy that can play any of the positions, and everybody everybody hears Spector and they're like, oh, this guy's been there for 10 years. Last year's the first year this kid's played. You know, he had a little spot red shirt. He had a little spot play that next year, and then he was out for a whole year. He, he I mean, 
Antonio Williams, I think, has more snaps than Brandon Spector in his career. Wow. You know? And so, so he really, same thing, just still, even though he's been around, he finally got some experience last year. So those five guys is kind of where it starts for us at the position, and we got everything we need. We just got to get a little lucky, and then we, and then we signed four. You know, we went and signed Tyler Brown. Who can fly? We signed Myson uh, Kelly Tink, who's a, who's a uh, kind of a dual threat guy. Uh, we signed Ronan Hannafin, a big bodied receiver. We signed Noble Johnson, same thing, another big kid that can play all over the field that came in. So we've got a lot of good dudes, and uh, we got to coach them up, and a lot more options than we've had in the last couple of years. I know that Tiger fans are going to be excited about your answer there, coach, for sure. So let's talk some defense here. We got to talk about this defense, which was. So consistent last year and maybe just didn't get as much credit. Um, but, you know, they, they kept Clemson in a lot of games last year and won a lot of games for, for you guys. So what do you expect from Wes Goodwin year two? Year one, taking over for Brent Venables. I mean, that's, that's a daunting task for anybody. So what are we thinking for uh, year two with Wes Goodwin at the helm? Be better. It's easy. Be better, you know. <laughs> um, you know, really, the, the whole thing with our team this year, again, we're, we're you know, as bad as we apparently were last year, we, we're, 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 we're a fumbled punt return and a fumbled kick return in the fourth quarter uh, from, from, you know, being in the playoff. Um, but we got to be better. And, and the two things that we got, if, we, if, we're, if we're a better passing offense and we're a better pass defense, then we're going to have a great year. Uh, and so, so we got to be better there, period. Uh, and everybody knows that, and, and I think we will be, I think. We've shored up uh, our, our experience and our depth in the secondary. Uh, obviously, the, all them dudes up front, as those guys coming back, I mean, we didn't expect that. Uh, we, you know, none of, none of us expected – if you'd have told me this time last year that XT and Maskell and Rook and Tyler Davis was going to be back for us to talk about on me today, I would have I – I mean, I would have said – well, sign me up for that. I don't know what going on, but I'm going. Uh, so, right. yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty amazing that, that those guys are here to lead the way. And, and we've got, uh, you know, some young depth at end, uh, but we, we're just really – we've got some versatility in that D-line. Obviously, I think we've got the best linebackers in the country in Barrett and, and Jeremiah. Uh, Nate, man, he took it on the chin early last year because he, he, he just – he got exposed. You know, we had some guys last year – that got exposed from a detailed commitment standpoint, accountability. That's just the best way I can say it. And, uh, and, and it was, and, and you know what? Uh, you, you respond one of two ways when that, when that happens, you know, you either get better or you get bitter uh, or you get gone, you know? <clears throat> and, and man, Nate got better and he, he's uh, he, he is, I mean, he's a special talent. I mean, he just needed to grow up. He needed to become way more detailed. He needed to become more accountable, and and he's he's done that. I mean, I'm really proud of him. Makuba, same way. You know, I, I thought he had a, uh, a, a average year last year, and you know, same thing. I thought he lost his focus. Don't think he was very accountable. He battled through a lot of injuries. Uh, he was hurt a lot, which really affected him, I think, mentally, and. Um, you know, he's, he's, he is, man, uh, he is, he is locked in. Uh, he's one of the, he's, he's one of the leaders and accountability points on our team. He's 190 something pounds. I mean, he's just unbelievably focused, really proud of him. 
We got some other guys, you know, obviously Sheridan coming back. You know, he's a guy that kind of has found his confidence. He's found his swag, if you will. So he gives you that really veteran presence. Uh, Toriano got some experience. Man, Jaden Lucas is, I mean, he's a kid that, that has all the ability in the world. Uh, so, and then we signed some guys, Shelton Lewis, Avion Strozier. So we just got more depth. And then we got veteran experience in the secondary. R.J. Mickens is a great player. You know, T-Bone, uh, uh, J.P.'s back. We expected – we didn't think he was coming back. So, we're just a different uh, group than we were this time last year. We kind of had to kind of – you know, you got it. sometimes you can't get experience without going and playing. Uh, so, we're just a more experienced group. We've got some veteran dudes up front. we got some good young dynamic talent. And uh, But, man, Barrett and Trotter kind of set the tone. A guy like Woodass who, who, who you know – Came on real. I mean, this kid is a really good football player. Um, so I like our group, but to answer your question, you know, we just got to be better. We, we weren't as good as we need to be. Um, and we were good enough to win this league. We were good enough to win 11 games. But, you know, we got, we got more goals, man, uh, ahead of us. That's right. Well, Coach, man, this was so much fun. I know you got a lot to do. We appreciate you for joining us again. Hey, always good to be with y'all. We always love chatting with Dabo Sweeney, and he always takes time to come on the pod. We appreciate that very much. He's one of the busiest men in college football. So let's get into his team, Mac. And he's excited about this offense. He talked about Garrett Riley. I think Garrett Riley and this new look Clemson offense is is one of the main topics of college football heading into this season. Is this offense going to look more creative? Are they going to utilize the deep ball more? Is Cade Klubnick the guy? Mac, go ahead. Answer all those questions. I'm just kidding. But you went to practice. You've seen it with your own eyes. What can Clemson fans expect? Uh, a lot of excitement. A lot of creativity, like you said. And, and not going to get into too many of the trade secrets yet, kid <laughs> Um, You know, but everything that I saw was, you know, super, super exciting. And offensively, schematically, um, with motions, formations, personnel, guys in really fun, you know, spots and, and things of that nature. Um, which I think Clemson fans have been kind of, you know, screaming for for a couple of years and, and you know, really yearning yes. for. Um, and, and that's exciting to see. So, you know, when, when the thing that stood out to me most about practice really was um, probably three things uh, offensively. Um, number one was the passion that Will Shipley has. I mean, that dude is nuts. Mm. I mean, he's yelling, screaming at teammates on the other side when they're competing in drills. He's going at them physically just imposing his will, right? And, and it's just good on good. Just, hey, Barrett Carter, Will Shipley over and over and over. Um, and, and to see that and, and the confidence that he was playing with is exciting. I mean, the dude made first team all ACC preseason at three different positions. That's crazy how versatile and, and how good of a player he really is. An All-American, I think he was a second team All-American that just came out uh, last week. Um, and then the second thing was Kate Klubnick. Um his confidence in the offense, his ownership of the offense physically looked different, looked bigger. Um, and and I, I know I told you about this way before KG, but he missed the throw that it was an easy completion and, you know, just timing. He had guys in his face. Um, he missed the throw and he was ticked, like screaming at him. So like, what are you doing? Like throw the football. Uh, and then the very next play, he throws a dart for a touchdown. And, and I think just that passion from those two guys, is going to just spread throughout everybody. And when you see that fire and that leadership and, you know, when things don't aren't happening as they're supposed to, 
you can really lean on that and, and, and they'll, you know, kind of push you back to the top. Um, the third thing I noticed, and I think people are going to be really excited about this. I was very excited is the offensive line was dominant in team drills and like competitive short yardage goal line. Coach Sweeney was jacked up about it. Those guys look really good. Against this D-line. Against this D-line, which also was loaded. And, and this is the thing. EJ, EJ Manuel and I were joking about this uh, the other day. You know, we get one glimpse at practice. Now, I did get three days, but one glimpse of practice. And that just could, could just be a bad day for a quarterback, for, for a, a coordinator, for a, a defense, whatever. Um, so, you know, don't take it however you want to. That was just that one day that I was there. The offensive line was – I mean, they were road grading dudes. They looked really good. It was impressive. Well, Clemson fans are going to love hearing all of that, Mac. Mac's three points, which uh, were were very insightful there as Mac spent a lot of time at practice. Before we talk about this defense, which it's funny you were saying the O-line was really winning the day uh, in these practices, which Clemson's O-line has struggled a bit since I would say 1819, if you will. So that's very, very interesting. I think the other big question, and I love your insight here, Wide receiver. This is a program that has been known as wide receiver U. And the last couple of years, it hasn't been that. It just hasn't. Injuries have piled up. Injuries have have certainly been an issue. You've missed on some guys, some five stars that came in and, and didn't really produce. But I know Dabba Sweeney talked about it too. He's very excited about this wide receiver group. What did you see there, Mac? Is this going to be a step back towards wide receiver U? Right. Um, you know, I think if they're healthy – Yes, the talent is there. Now, are, were there any Mike Williams on the field? Not yet. Were there any Sammy Watkins, Nuke Hopkins? Not yet. I mean, I think these guys have the potential to get there, but it's kind of one of those things with other teams that I've said, you got to prove it to me. I have to see it, right? It's not something that, you know, in practice or, or talking to a coach or, or, you know, hearing from other people, you got to do it in a game when it matters and in clutch situations. But Everything that I saw makes me think that they can be. You know, it, I think it starts with Bo Collins. Um, he was a guy that really just popped a lot while I was there at Clemson, making big plays, making smart plays, uh, being a go-to guy um, that I think can really help them and, and deliver. And people forget Bo Collins, you know, led the ACC in passing touchdowns like the first three or four weeks of the season and then got hurt and was out for a significant time. So he he has kind of proven that he is that target and can be that guy um, Antonio Williams, you know, freshman All-American. Uh, what can he do to build on that? Was Clemson's best receiver last year. Super mobile guy, super versatile guy. Um, interesting to see where do they align him? Do they put him in the slot? Do they put him out wide ever? Move him around, try to get him targets. And then Adam Randall's probably the the X factor, the piece that maybe has the highest ceiling. Just a, a huge guy, right? Like big, big dude, 6'3 four. 225 pounds, physically imposing guy, um, and, and he's just got to get on track. You know, he, he hurt his knee last year, was able to play a little bit at the end of the season, I think last spring actually, and was able to play a little bit. Um, but but he's got all that experience now of a full year. How, how does he use that? How does he grow upon that and become a really, you know, reliant target every day, you know, in, in practice, in games, consistently, you know, being that dude and what steps can he take forward um, Cole Turner's a burner. I mean, we all saw that. I think Cole's only going to expound on his role and the things that he's able to do. And then, of course, Jake Brenningstool, you know, the tight end in the middle of the field. Um, I think he and Kate are going to be best friends, you know, when it comes to things are, are happening. I've got to get the ball out quick. Got to get it to my guy. Um, so that, that was exciting to see. Kind of those four. 
if those four can really roll, or five, excuse me, counting the tight end, you feel solid, super solid. If they're on the field, uh, you know, Clemson's going to score a lot of points, going to move the ball relatively easy. Um, but here's kind of a cliffhanger I'm going to leave you with, listeners, and I'm not telling you names. You're just going to have to wait and see. There were two freshman wide receivers that were nuts. Some of them running with a little bit of first-team reps. Not telling you names. You'll have to see week one. But those guys impressed me. They reminded me of some Clemson legends. And, again, once game week comes around, they actually do it. I'll tell you who. But uh, just get excited for that. I have a hunch who you are referring to. And I think some Clemson fans might have a hunch who you are referring to. But like Max said, you're going to have to wait and see in week one against Duke. First of all, Cole Turner's a burner. That's excellent, Mac. Uh, This is why we pay the big bucks. Secondly, you talk about the health of the wide receivers. And this is something, I think Dabo, I'm not sure if you mentioned this to us or in another interview, but prior to, I would say the COVID year, Clemson had honestly kind of ridiculously good luck with injuries. Guys just really didn't get hurt. You had Deshaun Watson get hurt as a true freshman, but you weren't going to make the playoff that year anyway. And then 2020, I think of the COVID year when Trevor Lawrence gets COVID and can't play against Notre Dame. Of course, that's really bad luck. But before that, the injury luck was really good. And you got to get a little lucky in the injury department. And last year and even the year before, the injury luck has not gone Clemson's way. So if that can change, if that can shift, that's going to be a really big improvement for the Tigers. It's just kind of as simple as that at the wide receiver position. Mac. Let's talk defense. Now, from what you were saying to me, this defense was just getting run over in practice? I mean, is this what you're saying? <laughs> Bunch of slappies, you know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> no, they were – I mean, that drill, they, they were getting beat. I mean, coach called them out. They got beat. It just is what it is, and that happens, you know, at, at times. And, and when you're this good of a team, um, you, know, you, you kind of want that, right? You expect that where it's, you know, back and forth. Maybe defense wins one drill, offense wins the other. It, it might be a little concerning if it was just one way either side – you know, for, mm-hmm. for the totality of practices and competitive drills. But, KG, this defense is going to be good. I mean, quite frankly, going to be, I think, a top three defense in the country. I think they're back to, to kind of their old ways where they're comfortable, uh, you know, going into year two with Wes Goodwin as the guy. I think the comfort level from him, uh, you know, Coach joked about it with me. He said, Man, I, I, you got better, you know, from your first years being an analyst to where you are now. Uh, and, and all those kind of jokes that he had. And it makes sense. You know, a, a guy kind of earning his respect with the players, fi- figuring out just the new role, how, how, where and how to insert himself and how aggressive can he be. Um, but also kind of with the, the the personnel. Like, And I know, you know, Clemson had those, you know, three dudes drafted really high in the NFL draft from the defensive side of the ball. But they're, they're making some improvements defensively. And when I look at this defensive line, I mean, they are – loaded they are just jam-packed with talent especially on the inside peter woods i mean we've heard so much about it kg you and i were were trying to be skeptics about it and, and everything that we'd heard we you're were. like let him get a snap first before we do this but the dude is for real and, and i might say this hot take i kind of wanted to save it uh but i think by the end of the year or maybe not even he might be clemson's best defensive player and he's a true freshman i mean it is bonkers to see the talent that he has the skill set the mindset the attitude it's crazy but we'll see uh he's a super talented guy and then ruka roro tyler davis both back both should be in the nfl both got second round grades by the nfl draft process and decided they wanted to to get that first round they wanted to come back for more um super impressed there linebacking core is the best in the country you know with barrett carter jeremiah trotter and 
Wade Woodass. Uh, those three are going to be just freaky. I, I think they add super versatility uh, with what you want to do. You can spread them out. You can keep them in. You don't have to sub. Like the, all three of those guys can play anywhere in space. You know, as you know, kind of the nickel hybrid out wide. Uh, they can play back as a safety. Barrett Carter, just put them wherever you want. Wade Woodass, put them whatever you want. Um, so from that aspect, with kind of those two units uh, and Xavier Thomas and and, and of course uh, the both def- defensive ends and Justin Maskell. With that front seven, there's a lot that you can show there. And I'm going to be interested, KG, to, just to see what does Clemson do schematically? Like, do they throw a bunch of different looks where maybe it's three down linemen and, and two linebackers and five secondaries? Is it a mixture of that? Is there five down linemen in it at one time and you're just trying to get matchups? I, I think they're going to be really creative. I think they're going to be super multiple and uh, just give people a lot to deal with each and every week. I agree. I think that front seven, just the, you know, the depth chart, the ones are probably can argue to be one of the the best groups of front sevens in the country. Two things that worry me a little bit, Mac. Linebacker depth, just because like you said, you have those three, you don't have to sub, but you know, what, what happens if, if one gets hurt, which of course you can't really bank. I mean, you can't analyze if that happens, but I'm just saying linebacker depth is a little thin. And then the secondary, the secondary last year was a weak spot. Uh, you could think of that Wake Forest game where Sam Hartman just threw touchdown after touchdown, and so did DJU. So do you expect the secondary to be a little better? And then just tell me from a, from a football perspective, like, is the linebacker depth a concern? Yeah, I think defensive end and linebacker depth is a concern. I mean, because the okay. next guy, super young or super inexperienced, we, one of the two. And so it's it's one of those things where I think that that does kind of lead to maybe even more creativity. Like, how can we – have more of what we got on the field. Like Clemson probably has three or four safeties they feel really good about. So do one of those linebackers step off uh, just for a, from a health perspective or, or if one gets does get hurt, knock on wood, uh, for anybody, we don't want anybody injured. Um, you know, are they, are they forced a little bit to be more creative with, with what they have out there? Uh, same thing with defensive end. Do they, do they have, you know, three defensive linemen out there and one defensive end, three different de- defensive linemen, two of them are, defensive tackles you know who knows what that look is going to be like but I, I think to say it's a concern is is fair uh just because of the depth perspective and, and what they have behind it um now again that's not to say that Clemson hasn't recruited their tail off and has four and five stars waiting that we just don't quite know about yet so I think it's fair to say it'll be interesting to see how that plays out um and then yeah looking at this secondary it's, it's something where even last year it didn't quite make sense because of all the talent I mean you're talking about yeah five star after five star getting, you know, just, you know, taking advantage of at times. And it, it, they're just young. They weren't ready, forced into action via injury and, and other decision-making and things of that nature. So those guys have grown up. And I think they got marginally better, you know, as the season went on. Uh, but just can they all put it together in the same game? I, I don't know if we really saw that. Maybe North Carolina was the best example of where that defensive backfield was all on the same page. And, of course, we saw – Nate Wiggins just had the game of his life was the MVP or defensive MVP. Um, And how can they all get going? You know, I I really like the safeties. I think the corners, there's enough depth and and guys waiting. It's just who are the best, you know, four or five that go out there and and earn the spot. Mac, let's talk about the schedule. I think this schedule is, is one that we need to analyze because Vegas has the number at 10. That's what we've seen. 10 for Clemson, which means you got to guarantee 11 and one. And most, I think you, Mac, you were talking about this off air. Okay, 11 wins. I don't see two losses. I I agree. 
But when they put the number at 10, that means you got to guarantee 11 and one or better. I see 11 and one. I think the one loss, possibly you've got Florida State, of course, that is at home. And you do have Notre Dame at home and Notre Dame whooped your tail last year. Like you can't deny what Notre Dame did to Clemson last year. It was ugly. It was embarrassing. So those are the two. And then even Mac, this is a game I have circled. I'm, I'm taking the over, by the way, I'm just being clear. But at <laughs> NC State on October 28th, I was in attendance two years ago when NC State beat Clemson at Carter-Finley. It's a tough place to go win. That's another game. That's also the week before Notre Dame. That's another game that could be interesting. But when you look at the schedule, Mac, and you see the numbers 10, what are your thoughts? Uh, over, yeah. No, I, th- I think Clemson is, is back back. Uh, I think that the uh, all the things that we just mentioned, the just again, seeing them in person, um, how big they are, how deep they are, uh, the way that they practice, the confidence of the offense. Garrett Riley, I mean, that dude is, he's ready, you know, to, 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 to take a big step with this team. And um, I just think it's going to be business as usual for the Tigers. Now, certainly so there's going to be are you tough saying Are you saying 12-0? Yeah, I think they're undefeated. I do. And, and I think that, uh, you know, at Duke, obviously a very tough test. Florida State coming to town, tough test. At NC State, North Carolina, uh, Notre Dame, and then, honestly, out South Carolina, you, you lost to them last. Shouldn't have lost to them, but you did. Oh, They're much improved. Forgot about that. My bad. All, all the things that yeah, easily easy to forget. Uh, all the things you know that I've heard about them with Coach Beamer and the way he's recruiting, and uh, you, you know Spencer Rattler playing at a super high level. Um, that game could be yeah. fascinating. Uh, and, and seeing Drake and him back to back could be an interesting run there. You know, for Clemson to end the season. Um, so excited for them, but yeah, I think the Tigers go undefeated. I think they're back, you know, in, in a conference, uh, you know, championship, obviously, and then the the playoff. And who knows? You know, I, I'm not quite yet going to say they're going to be national champions. Um, I think we need to see kind of how this team meshes together. But just given what you see on paper, I feel really good about their their schedule here. I hate to say this, but I think there's a loss on this schedule. I, I'm not sure I see 12 and 0. That being said, I think a one loss ACC champ. Uh, with the way Florida State's playing, and honestly, with Clemson's schedule, having Notre Dame on there, having North Carolina, having Duke, who could jump into the polls, having South Carolina, who could jump into the polls, uh, I think a one-loss ACC champ gets in. So I think this is an 11-1 schedule, but I think whoever wins the ACC is getting in the playoff. So I'm going to leave it yeah, at that. I agree. I agree with it. Come on, KG. I can't wait to see it. It's game week. Wednesday, we've got the man, the myth, the legend, Jared Verse, coming on the show. Florida State, we'll preview them. Uh, and then, of course, Friday, big show. We've got a lot of games to talk about. And then the following Monday, a week from today, Clemson fans, you're going to want to retune back in. Of course, your game that Monday night. Cannot wait to see it. Uh, we're going to have a great guest there, too. I'm not going to just give away all the secrets quite yet. You'll have to come back and see it. Uh, but that's it from us. Uh, hey, I mentioned this a couple shows ago. Go on TikTok and follow us. If you are you know, want to be a 17-year-old again like we do, uh, go over there. Hang out on TikTok. We do some really fun content. KG's talking about girl dinners and, and mom dinners and girl all these dinner. different things she has going on there. Uh, we do some really fun stuff. It's kind of a hybrid between just our personal lives uh, and, of course, what we're doing on the show here uh, with Gramlick and Mac Lane. But that's it from us. Uh, shout out to Ingles. Cannot do that without them. Uh, all this great content, all this fun stuff that we're doing. Shout out to Ross Taylor, SID at Clemson, and, of course, Coach Dabo Sweeney for joining us. We always appreciate his time. Uh, but that's it. Appreciate you guys tuning in. Go over to YouTube, subscribe, leave some comments. Of course, the OGs over on Apple Podcasts as well. 
we would greatly appreciate that. But until next time, we'll see y'all.